I am my spirit, the spirit of the Lord. I am my spirit, the angel of the Lord is here. The angel of the Lord is here. The angel of the Lord is here. Is here. He has sent me. He has sent me. He has sent me for to bring you in. He that has entered in. He that has entered in has sent me for to bring you in. He that has entered in. He that has entered in. The anointed one. The one that has entered in. That has entered in on your behalf. That entered in for you to come. He's calling you up. He's giving you entrance. He's telling you to come. Enter in. Enter in. I enter that you may enter. I enter that you may enter. Even with my life is how you enter. The life that enters is my life. And I have come to give you that life. I have come to give you that life. I have come to give you that life. That life opens the door. That life opens the gate. That life opens the gate. It is that life that enters in. I've come to give you that life. I have come to give you that life that you may enter in. Even we and our host, we have come to give you the life. To give you the life. For to enter in. It's open for we are giving you the life. The life is the access. The life is the way. That life we have come to give. We have come to give you that life. That life. The life of him that sits on the throne. The life of him that sits on the throne. The life of him that sits on the throne. The 
they're showing you the way. They are showing you the way. They are showing you the way. We are showing the way. We are showing the way. We are showing the way, and the way will become much clearer. For there is so much on the way we need. You need to see. There is so much on the way you need to see, and we are making it clearer. We are making it clearer. Enter in for that life we have come to give. That life we have come to give, and that is the life that enters in. Says the Spirit of the Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Asha Prata Makatali Aradoshte, a Pratavena, Pretavena, 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 for your destination is here. 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 But you will come to him by faith. You will come to him by faith. You will come to him by faith. I am here and I am bringing you to me, but it is by faith. It is by faith. It is by faith. That is the way, but there are much higher ways that you need to see. That is the way, but there are much higher ways you need to see. Your destination is yet to bring you to him, and it is by faith. It is by faith. Stay in the way of faith, for there are higher ways you will build on faith. Stay in the way of faith, says the Spirit of the Lord. Father, we bless you. We honor your name, our Father. We hallow your great name, your precious name, Father. Thank you for help. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for so much, so much grace from you. Our Father, we honor you this morning. We bless your holy name. Thank you for the presence here. Thank you for your angel here with us. Thank you for the divine presence here. Making this way open. Making it possible. Making it accessible. Making it visible. Making it attainable. More and more. More and more. More and more. More and more help. 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 Sending help to us. Thank you, Father. We receive your ministry this morning. We ask for our heart to be open to you, to receive from you. Come and release water, the water of the Spirit, like the dew upon our heart. Wet it up. Soften it. Make it open. Make it ready, 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 ready for the Spirit, the, the handwriting of your Spirit on our hearts this morning. Thank you, O oh Father, Father of glory and Father of mercy, Father of truth, Father of light. With you there is no variableness, no shadow of turning. Thank you for our high priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
your eternal son who seated with you in heaven our our lord and our master savior thank you jesus we bless your name this morning come and help us today come and minister to us and come with your presence and with your glory and teach us from your glory teach us and write from your glory by your glory upon our hearts this morning. Thank you for our spiritual experience, the encounter for every heart. Thank you, O Lord. We honor you. <laughs> your spirit is your mind as spirit. You are to further your spirit to even preach, to preach, to preach, to preach, preach your spirit, to preach in your spirit, to preach in your spirit to preach in your spirit into hearts of men put, to put your spirit for, to give your spirit giving of your, of your spirit oh, for me, partake we come we come to drink and to partake and to, and to wine and to dine with you oh, master shepherd shepherd of our soul spirit proof our, our, our gyre our provider Home and a hearter, oh, to feed, to cause us to feast, feast, feast with you, to drink out of your spirit this morning. Thank you, my Father, for grace and our ability to minister with you, minister by you, to minister for you, to minister you. Thank you, my Father. I give all the glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Who my car and all stay all men all to make a real of this day near Helios. Amatios, Ahalmatios, Oh, Halmatataya, Amanahataya, Holy Carlo. Oh, we worship you. 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 Oh, we worship you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. We receive your presence. We receive your glory. We receive your presence. By Oh, we receive it. 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 We receive the delight. We receive the joy. We receive the joy. We receive the delight. We receive the pleasure of your spirit, of your presence, of your presence, of your presence. Oh, Lord. We receive you, we receive you. Oh, we receive you. Oh, we receive you. We receive you, we receive you. We receive you. We receive you, we receive your presence. We receive your glory. We receive your glory. We receive your glory. We receive your glory, your glory, your glory, your glory, your glory, your glory, your glory. Your glory, your glory, your glory, your glory. For your ways are glorious, your paths are glorious, your ways are glorious. Oh, they are glorious, they are glorious, they are glorious. Glories, glories descending, glories descending, glories descending, glorious ways descending. Glorious ways descending. We receive. We receive them. Oh Lord, we receive them. We bless you. We bless you. 
we bless you. Thank you, our Father. Thank you for the spirit of tabernacling, which we are receiving at this moment. The, the grace to tabernacle, to stay. The grace to, to be with you, to, to enjoy you. The, the grace to love you in different ways. The grace to desire you, to long for your heart to be satisfied by you. Alone, you alone, our Lord, uh, is our longing. All our heart longs for you, calls for you, desires you. Come and satisfy us from your book. This morning, give us bread to eat. Help us to feed out of your table. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Father, we bless your holy name. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. I just feel like just keep drinking. Keep drinking the spirit. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I've never experienced a time in my life where there's been so much riches and abundance in the spirit as now. Um, every time um, my heart is open to drink, I, there's so much riches. Amen. And I know that that comes from, from the deposits of his word that has come over time and the abundance of, of, of his word. Amen. Uh, you know, the word is spirit and it's something we are supposed to drink. We're supposed to drink the word and it's supposed to fill us. Thank you, Jesus. Um, amen. Praise the Lord. How many of us want to drink a little more? Just, if you just want to, just go ahead. Just go ahead. Don't, don't wait for anybody. Don't wait for your sister or your brother. Or don't even, you don't even need my permission. Just go ahead and, and drink of the Spirit. Amakadio <laughs> said. Oh, Maradamata, Sandiri Gai Geloste Free, Al Ibel Horst, Talatius, Talamasta, Onian Shende Michelo, Real Desire of I, Carmadon de Mazi, Gorielama, Sayana Huriadava, O Minecado, O Minecado, O Minecado. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Thank you. Mm. Yes. Thank you.
Hallelujah. your name. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Um, good morning to everybody. God bless you. Thank you. See if you can just greet someone. Say you're welcome. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Welcome to everyone who's joining us online. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can we please um, just appreciate my wife for me? She's not here. Where did she go? She just stepped away. Praise God. I value the time. Um, I mean, we, we had a break for a few weeks, I think. At the at the beginning of the break, I was just asking Lord, okay, this break, this time, what should I do with this time? Of course, in addition to following the meetings in Lagos, and I was just asking Lord, okay, what what should I do? And the Lord said, love your wife, please. Be loving your your wife. I said, okay, Lord, but I've been loving her, but He said, no, yeah. But He said my standard is high, so you need to. 
You need to love her and you need to serve her. I said, okay. So I, by God's grace, I, I started the, the way I could, the best I can. I, I sold myself into doing that for, for the last few weeks. Um, and uh, the Lord has been helping. He's been helping me. Amen. Praise God. I, I found new portals of life. Um, different from, uh, praise God, it's, it's a different way of increase. Praise God that I, I found and I, I know the Lord has added um, tangible things uh, to me. Praise God. I mean, for most of us who are young, who are, who are not married yet, especially young men, you're, you think of a, of a wife, don't think of um, just a woman. Think of a provision of heaven. Praise God. And I, 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 what the Lord told me was that your, I know he, he made you the, the husband, the head of the woman, but he said the woman is a wall that you're supposed to descend into. It's like a design. <laughs> it's a design to make you descend, to break you, to, to, to change you. Praise the Lord. And there, amen, and there, there are channels of life that opens up, praise God, um, through, through that. Amen. Um, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Are we ready today? I don't know, but I don't know if we are ready. Those of us here, praise God. Are you sure? Okay. I'm just waiting for us. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 10. See, amen. Honey, we've been waiting for you. Just, just waiting. I didn't want to start without you being here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I was telling him to help me appreciate you. So. <laughs> Thank you for everything. Uh, amen. And I was saying, I don't think I told you but what the Lord told me. When, um, at the beginning of the break that we took, that um, my the focus, um, my focus should be to love you and to serve you. So that's the for the last few weeks. That's what I've been doing. I don't know if you noticed it, but oh, <laughs> <laughs> praise God. Hallelujah. So I'm hoping that I passed a little. <laughs> praise the Lord. I want to thank God for you and for the strength that the Lord has given me through you. Um, to know I really appreciate you. And I know that the Lord really, really appreciates that and your faithfulness. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, let's see Hebrews chapter, chapter 10. Um, I think last time we read from chapter 10 into, into chapter 11. So this time, let us um, let's just continue to read um, this place. Uh, I'll read from verse thirty-eight. It says, "For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, that ye might receive the promise." Praise God. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. 
Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in, in him. Praise the Lord. Um, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Thank you, Jesus. It says, what the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, that my soul shall have no, no pleasure in him. Praise the Lord. And um, verse, let's see verse, verse 8 of chapter 11. Um, verse 8 of chapter 11, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. And by faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Amen. Amen. I think we began to see a part of this last time that um, there was something Abraham's quest um, when he was, he was walking with God. And we saw that um, God does not need a man to walk with him to be able to give a man a physical land and to multiply his offspring physically. And so Abraham's walk with God was more than that. Praise the Lord. So here he's saying that, so Abraham actually, he got to the land of promise, but there was something about the land that was not sufficient for him. And it says here he sojourned in that land, and as in a strange country. So he was in, he was in that land which God gave to him. Praise God. And he sojourned there as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, and the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, right, whose builder, maker, is God. And now in verse, let's see verse, um, verse 14. It says, For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of the, that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is unheavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he had prepared for them a city. Of course, the city which he had prepared for them is the city which Abraham was looking for, which he says he had foundation, which builder and maker is God. So it means Abraham was was privy to an information about the existence of such a place. From his walk with God, he must have perceived that there is a, a better place than the, the physical place which God took, told him about. And you know, God made it such that he didn't, Abraham was not blindly hoping for his generation to come into a place that he hasn't seen. So what the Lord did was the Lord made sure that in his own lifetime, right, that he moved. You know, I know the Lord could have maybe told him, stay in your father's house. 
don't go anywhere. From here, just have some children. And then after a while, I will take those children to where you... There are many ways God could have done it. If we look at that end goal of having many people, many Israelites in a certain land, there are many ways God could have done it if that was the only purpose of God moving him around. Praise God. But that was not the main reason. The main reason why God called Abraham was to find a man on the earth who can walk with him. Because men had stopped walking with God for a long time on the earth. Praise God. So God found Abraham and called him, get out of your kindred, out of your, your family, out of your country, and come to me with a, to a land that I will do what? A land that I will show you. Praise God. So what you can see the pattern of a leading physically that was in the intention or in the heart of God was to produce a spiritual effect in the heart and in the life of the man who was being led. Do you see that? Praise the Lord. Even though God led him to a place and there was a physical outcome for him and even for his generations, his descendants, his sons, all those things came to pass physically, praise God. But what the Lord wanted to give to him was something different. To create, was to birth a different appetite, to birth a different hope and a different expectation in the inside of him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, if you go to, to the book, there are some key things in, in that place. Amen. For... Um, in that we can, let's read that Genesis chapter 12. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's read that Genesis chapter 12. It says, from verse 1, Genesis 12, 1, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. A land that I will do what? Show thee. Now that, that phrase is, is very important when you think of the way things played out. Um, that what I will show thee is... There, there is a, the side of it that is just physical. But there is something else more than that in terms of the showing. When God said, the land that I will show thee, is, I believe he was speaking to the within Abraham and he was speaking to, even to the physical Abraham that there is a land. You know, this, was, this was a prophetic operation. It was all very, very prophetic and and the Holy Ghost made, acted it out in such a way that none of the actions, either on the part of God or Abraham, lost, was void of the prophetic meaning. That's why we can study it and we can take the lesson of Abraham and apply it to the journey of our soul. And it makes sense in that way. Praise the Lord. Now, he told him, I will, I will take you to a land. And he said, I will show you. So, um, showing him the land. Of course, for him to see the land, he had to make a movement. He had to take a journey from where he 
was. Amen. He had to take a movement and he had to do what? He had to take a journey from what? From where he was. Now when you think about that, that time when God actually showed him the land, there's something interesting there. Um, because you see that Lot was with him. If you read chapter 12, let's see what, what Abraham did. Now, I don't, I'm not sure that God told him this part. Okay? But let's see how he did it. He says, So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. Then he says, Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed out of Aaron. Do you see that? And when he said, get thee out of thy country, of course, he was married. So by marriage, they are one. So he can't leave his wife. But if God said, God did not only say, get out of thy country. God said, get out of thy kindred. Now, <laughs> does his kindred include Lot or not? It includes. In a sense, in a way. Right? It does, I mean, really, really, never, it does include him because Lot was his brother's son. That means in his beginning of, of, of obedience, he disobeyed God, but which is not uncommon with anybody who God speaks to. For any, when God begins to speak to a person, it is usually 95% disobedience <laughs> most of the time. You, are, you, you start disobeying. <laughs> and God understands that. Because God knows that it's not, it's not an easy thing. It's not a common thing for a, a man, a physical man, who has a life, who has a mind, a brain, who is probably educated, and all of that thing, to be led by a spirit. For a spirit who you cannot see, feel, and touch to lead a physical man it's not an easy thing. So it starts with a lot of disobedience. Not, and most of the time, not necessarily intentional disobedience. It's disobedience that comes from your, your ignorance with the way you are already predisposed to interpret what God is saying. Praise God. So it's very clear that Abraham interpreted what God was saying a certain way where he didn't include Lot in the kindred. And there are, there are reasons why he could have done that. He could have been that. <laughs> Praise God. You know when God said, I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. It could be that. He said, okay, well, if it's only me, that might be a bit hard. So let's increase the chances by giving the more, the better. Praise God. Who knows, maybe it's possible that more other people could have gone with him, maybe. It's possible that he, maybe he even asked some other guys to come. That, because the way they put it here, they say lots went with him. So, <laughs> praise God. Amen. So he's saying maybe it's only Lot who even agreed, but you don't know. But 
Um, amen. Do you see that? So, so, of course, so Lot went with him. So Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of the king. Praise the Lord. So they journeyed. Now, when it came to the point where it, God was to show the physical land, something interesting happened. You know, God said, a land that I will show you. When they got there, the Bible says there was a strife between um, the servants of Abraham and the servants of, of Lot. Right? They began to strive. And when they began to strive, I, I, to me, I can believe, I think that strife came from, came from as they were moving closer to the land of inheritance, there began to be an uneasiness be, between them. Why was there an uneasiness? Because the Bible says, can two walk together except they agree? You see that. There, there was not an agreement. That agreement is supposed to be an inward agreement. Abraham was spoken to by God. He was being led by a different program. Lot was not privy to that kind of a program. And I don't know exactly what Abraham would have told Lot. That is the reason for them to go. Or what the promise is. Maybe Abraham would have just told him that at the end of this thing, there are things involved, you know, being great and all of those things. That, and he said, okay, no, Wahala, you're my, own, uh, you know, my uncle, so I will, I will follow you. But there's no way, I don't think Lord had in mind a spiritual promise. You understand? Even Abraham might not have had in mind a spiritual promise at the beginning. But what he had was where that instruction came from. Right, was that that man is that thing is coming from God? Praise God. So he knew there was an element, there was a spiritual element. So in his walk, he was being navigated by God, by the Spirit of God. But Lot was following Abraham. And of course, as they began to get towards the land of promise, you know, the Bible has described that land, that whole terrain, what it looks like. They began to move. I don't know how all of the Chaldeans looked like, but as they began to move towards the promised land, imagine beginning to move, and then all of a sudden the terrain begins to change. If the ground is all dry before, you're, because you are beginning to get close to the, the, the plains of the river, you know, all of that region is a bit lush and green and all of that. So as they began to move closer to the inheritance, the terrain began to change. And as the terrain began to change, what happened? The reaction between both parties were different. <laughs> now, a, a carnal soul, it's not possible for a carnal soul to be undisturbed by increase, by wealth. Not, I, mean, I mean in the natural if you want to disturb the, a carnal man, take him from where he's used to. Just increase the notch a little, maybe two, two notches higher. By, by notch, you know what I mean? Increasing the notch, I mean 
What do I mean by the notch? Praise God. The what? Step up. Step up the conditions. Elevate. I've heard too many stories of people who, you know, people and relatives, eh? Too many. I've heard too many stories. Maybe he had a relative who was maybe back home or something, maybe in a village or something, and they live there. That's where they know the perimeter of that, that village, however little it is. That's the only area they know. Even if maybe they were champions there or something. Amen. And if someone is bringing maybe a relative, let's say I want to bring you someone to to come and help them or things like that. Usually, they don't look for the stubborn, crazy ones. They look for the humble ones, the meek ones, the good ones. The one that comes recommended. You know, that auntie says, ah, there's one brother, one sister, very humble, very meek, very servant and everything. I've heard a lot of stories of such things not ending well. By the time you bring them, whether to the city or bring them abroad or something, what happens? You've taken the notch. Ah, yeah. <laughs> So, there are notches of life that, and those things have been crafted by the devil. Really, they are levels of living, levels of privilege, levels of, of, of comfort, pleasure. Praise God. And the strata of those things on the earth have, were designed by Satan. It's not God who designed those things. God did not design classes. And all of those things for someone to be rich and to be poor. God recognizes it. Right? And he knows that will be the case. But God did not design this kind of system in the world that, that puts men in those kind of categories. Amen. But the devil did that. And the, the, the reason for those things are to, to, to create some medium of control over the depths of men. That by tampering with the outward environment, you can, you can unleash certain aspects of a man. And you can also, by changing the environment, you can also preserve certain things and keep certain things in men. Both ways. Praise God. So you find that maybe such a person, when they come to a place of, of more comfort and all of that, where and one of the, th- the, the big thing is opportunity. Once they begin to see, when when you know when you say opportunity, you know, opportunity is not a is not a common thing to have opportunities in life. When you go to the third world, you now realize that that word called opportunity is, is a word to be respected. And when you <laughs> when you're in an environment and you say, "Ah, oh, there are opportunities for things here." Yeah. It means that you have a choice. You can be this, you can be that, you can, you can create this, you can develop this, you can have ideas. You get what I'm saying? There are many places where such things don't exist. When you are a young person, the way in which you ought to go is there. It's said. There, are not, there is not enough space in terms of 
the opportunity, I mean in terms of the means of, pre, of productivity is available, capital, all of those things are not there. You know, you know what capital is? It means that if you have a very smart idea, you have the resources to bring your idea to fruition. When someone lives in such a place, um, there are few opportunities. Amen. When someone lives in that place, it, it, those, that kind of situation has a tendency to tame the soul. Praise God. To do what? To tame the soul. But when, you bring, when a person comes to an environment where there's so much opportunity, I have the most crazy idea. In the Western world, you can have the most crazy idea. No matter how crazy it is, there's somebody somewhere willing to invest in someone in it. Amen. Amen. There's someone somewhere doing what? Willing. So, in this, so, this, so that's why this kind of environment can unleash the, the hell hidden in man. They can unleash natures. It can unleash things that have been placed in people that many times they don't even know are there. It changes people. It's not like it changes them. It just unveils people. And this, as, this, that's one thing to learn about the developed world. Right? The developed world is the sphere. It's, it's a, I love the way they call it, developed world. Like a department of the world. It is the, it is the world that has been developed. Praise God. Developed. It has been developed. Developed means it has the 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 taking the potential of it, and they have what evolved potential. They've 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 made potential give birth. Praise the Lord. So the developed world. Is developed world natural sense, but in the realm of the spirit, is also a developed. If you ask an angel, what that this region, what do they call it? Maybe they will tell you that's the developed world. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, world by that they mean the world as in Paul's language, not what we call it. Amen. So God needs to save souls from the developed world. Amen. It's not easy for a soul to live in the in a developed world. Because that word is developed to, on, to bring things out of you. It can, the world can tamper with yes. your inward yeah. things that have been hidden on the inside of you and begin to expose them beyond your control. Amen. Amen. So that's why living in this, this part of the world, this hemisphere of the world, you have to... You can't just live here without things being in you, without being fortified and being made strong against the forces of development. So the, the purpose of the developed world is to develop men. It's a world because, you know, the world is a developer of men. It's to develop you. To develop and God, a man, a person should not be developed by the world. Yeah. Hmm. 
it's not good for a person to what? To be developed by the world. What, is, what does the world want to develop in a man? What does the world want to develop in a man? It's a potential. Right? It's a, it's a hidden, it's a latent potential that is within, embedded within every man that they have received as a, an, a latent inheritance, carrying that latent inheritance. About, and all men have that, that inheritance. Even those who are not developed. It's just that they haven't developed it yet. So, you see, the developed world is actually a, is a, is a, is a place where there's a concentration, concentration of spirits who are developers. Praise God. They are evil spirits. Who are what? And many of those spirits, Satan will warn them, don't cross this aspect with the Atlantic Ocean. You know how it divides the northern. Satan will warn those spirits, no, don't cross this into this area yet. I don't know what forces are holding. Maybe it's even God who will say, no, you can't cross. We can't leave the whole earth to you to develop. We still have to have some who are left. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, um, so you see, humble, say humble lot. Uncle Lot was in the hall of the Chaldeans. That place doesn't sound too very developed, right? It, it, sounds, it sounds like Praise God. It's not very, very. It wasn't at that time that it was. It was. It might not have been a place of too many opportunities. Maybe it has to do with how the land is. You know, back then land matters a lot, right? When you see back then, if you see a rich nation versus a poor nation, if you really check it, the the biggest factor is what kind of land they have. Praise God. The more fertile, the more fruitful. Because at that time, the biggest you know, commodities were agricultural products. I mean, things that the land produces. Both agriculture and then mining products. Right? Because the, the earth is what was designed to carry life and to sustain life. So the better the earth or the land, the more prosperous, the more opportunities there are in a place. Praise God. So, so I perceive in their journey as they, as they began to move and they journey and journey and journey towards the, that region that was promised or towards the promised land, what happened? The land began to change. They began to see uh, the land's getting softer. Now, imagine you are used to a place where maybe rain falls, maybe rain falls five times a year <laughs> only. And then when the rain falls five times a year, the precipitation, if you, if you check how much rain falls on one square, one point, it's not up to 0.5 centimeters. You know that limits the kind of crops you can have. Yes. Only certain kind of crops can grow because the others will die. They can't survive such harsh environment. You know? And a lot of those places were almost wilderness-like terrain. 
So there was a, you can picture the idea of where they were coming from. Praise God. So, so the Lord called, called him, Abraham, come, I want, to, I want to take you to a land. I want to take you to a promised land. Now let me tell you something. God's promised land is also a world, a land of development. Praise God. Now, this story of Genesis is, talking, is showing two different kind of people. One with, one with his ear tuned towards heaven, towards God. Are you getting me? Yes. Moving towards, moving, taking journey towards development. Are you seeing? I want us to use the eye of your spirit. This is how we ought to be reading these books now. Because from when you become strong in the New Testament and you've received plenty of skill in the New Testament, then you can begin to go to the Old Testament and begin to read it. And the way you begin to read the Old Testament becomes very, very different. Begin to see the Old Testament with the correct eyes that, have, that a man is supposed to use to read the scripture. The, one of the main purpose of the epistle is, to, is the giving of eyes. Do you understand that? Yes, that in the Bible, there's a, there's a portion of the Bible where the, they locked the content. By content, I mean the, the <clears throat> praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Where they, they, wrote the, they wrote down the design of life. The design of life the spiritual design of life, the, or the design of spiritual life is archived in the, a certain part of the Bible. It's called the law and the prophets. Right? Anybody who brings out one idea, wow, this is the definition of, of life or something, and then you check it, and it's one, something that they read, someone said, maybe in some other book, but you can't take it and then find the pattern in the law and the prophet, is not accurate. Because the law and the prophets, those books are where they kept the pattern of God's life in the scripture. Do you understand that? Now, New Testament is now is where they hid the eyes. Nobody can get eyes, the right eyes for the scripture from just reading the law and the prophets. You cannot get the right eyes from there. Do you see? The, you see, and you need the right eyes. The eyes the eyes is what unlocks the understanding. The, and now, and now the scripture, the, the scripture is also a funny book because there are different kind of eyes in different places. Right? If you're reading just, you open the Old Testament, you see there will be an eye that will appear to you. It's a, it's a, it's a deceptive eye. 
that he can, he can come and talk to you, okay, I am the eyes of the Old Testament. This is how we read the, the book. And, the, and that person can begin to see things in there. Lord, even the prophet, okay, I'm the eyes of the prophet. You know, people have read all kinds of things and gotten all kinds of interpretation from the book, but it's not accurate. Praise God. There are two, there are two operations. The, 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 the correct eyes, thank you, Father. The, the correct eyes for the scripture has two properties to it that no other eye can, can combine. Is a combination of two properties. Is the is the is the property of unsealing, right? Unsealing, or the property to open, to open, to unseal. That's one. And two, the property of the correct understanding, unsealing or and then interpretation. There are, there are two. There are two things. Do you get that? Unsealing and then being schooled in the right understanding, the right interpretation of the book. There are hearts who are who are who might be ordained with the right, the, in other words, they have the, by the Holy Ghost, they are given the right, they, they, they have, to me, I believe most Christians have the potential to receive right understanding from the scripture. Praise God. Hallelujah. But to a lot of Christians, it is not open. It's locked. Now, there, but then there are people who the book is open to them a certain way, but, through the, but, the, but they have a different lens by which they access that opening. So it's not really open. Are you getting what I'm saying? Was it in Isaiah that they said that they took the book and gave it to, where was that? Isaiah, what chapter is that? See, Isaiah 20, 28. See, they took the book and gave it to one that is learned. And he said that the book is sealed. He can't read it. And he gave it to the, someone who is unlearned, and he said, look, I'm unlearned. I cannot read. Sorry? It's 29, right? Verse 11, verse 20. Okay, yeah, praise the Lord. That's it. Let's stay, let's see from... Verse 9, it says, stay yourselves, and Isaiah 29, verse 9, stay yourselves and wonder, cry ye out and cry. They are drunken, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with strong drink. For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, and hath 
closed your eyes, the prophets and your rulers, the seers, hath he covered. And the vision of all is become unto you as the word of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned. Saying, read this, I pray thee. And he said, I cannot, for it is sealed. So he is learned, but it's not open to him. And then the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, read this, and I pray thee. And he said, I'm not, I'm not learned. Are you seeing this? That's a, that, is the, that, that thing here is telling you is the, is the, is the wisdom of the, is the wisdom of hiding which God employed to keep the scripture for them who it is ordained to gain access to it. Do you see that? It's the wisdom which God used to what? Keep it to, for the people who... So, so these scriptures, you see, when, 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 when the right eyes now arrive, now, the, who, what's the right eye? The right eye is the eye which the epistles confer upon a soul. The eyes of Scripture is not here. It's here. Praise God. What did I say? The eyes of Scripture is not here. It's, it's, in the, it's on the depth. It's on the hearts. So, when you have the right eyes for Scripture, this, 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 the eyes both unlocks and explains. That is a, and that's a sign and the mark of an apostle. The, the mark and the sign of an apostle is that they can both unlock and they can explain. They can both unlock. That's why we must not, we must not play a joke with like apostolic ministry in the end time. There is so much that we know Christians in the church that we feel we know about, that we have no clue about. There are so many things we think we know from the scripture, from studying, from reading, from, from listening to people, theologians and all kinds of things, a lot of things. Even, you now realize that even down to the most basic things, fundamental aspects of the Christian faith. Take, like we've been looking at something as simple as faith, for example. Imagine the amount of blindness that exists around the subject of faith. And the church has been with that matter of faith for a long time. It means that the mystery, the secret of faith, is something that has been sealed. Praise God. And it will take the right eyes of the epistle to unseal it and to bring forth the revelation of what that means. And if faith, for example, is not understood, what happened? There's no pathway. There's no journey into God. There's no access. For they that come to him must believe that he is and the reward of them that seek him. By faith we do understand that the worlds were framed by what? The word of God. See, so you imagine how vital faith is. Imagine that such a thing has been. And so what of righteousness? You know, the beginning of word of righteousness is the unsealing and the explanation of faith. That's really where it began from. It began, began from the real, real. That's why you can sometimes you can just you can call word of righteousness the doctrine or teaching of the faith of the Son. Although now we understand that because we've gone a bit farther, we now realize that there are more things in there than just the faith of the Son. But 
at first, the, when I initially began to drink from these waters, if you just if you summarize to me, if you ask me to summarize word of righteousness, it's the faith of the Son. As at that time, um, that 2011, when I first came in contact with EGFM Reverend K's messages, and I was listening to them, I, I was hearing them, and part of, of course, the, in the depth of my heart, I knew this was an answer to it, to it because of the way the Lord led me there, the journey. God prepared me, and so, because he knows maybe the kind of a person that I am. Uh-huh. So he had to, to make me expire plenty other things, and then bring, now bring this at the end as an answer after creating the right environment in my heart. Praise God. And, and I know by his mercy, he also shielded me from other kinds of things. Because at the state that I was in, um, if, because he had led me and he has taught me a lot to follow purity of leading. You know, that purity of picking things and knowing it, that if there's something not too right here, being able to pick that. Egan called that thing as like washing your feet with your socks on. When something is not sitting quite all right, that kind of thing. Praise God. So by God's grace, God has helped me a lot in, with that. Um, so I was very careful with taking things. But after I came into all of righteousness, then I began to then find other people. Because maybe sometimes when you, your soul has been exposed, to a certain neighborhood of thought, then other things like that begin to be more visible to you. Do you agree? So at that same season, I began to now find some other messages. Who? They now had a flavor too. Ah, like this one, they also teach mysteries. They also teach things not from the perspective of maybe just outright um, materialism and all of that. There was something I, I you know, so I, one, one, once at that time I then picked one of those places. It was a website and I, I sent it to one of my brothers in Lagos, Brogwinga, who is the person who was helping me with messages then in EGFM. He's the, the, the head of their technical unit. So as at that time, he was the main person I was in contact with. I told him, okay, wow, look at this. These guys, I see they are also teaching you know, the same thing, you know, because they, te- they teach the mysteries and all of that. Of course, my sight hasn't developed. You get that. So I had just been listening to EGFM maybe some months. Praise God. So it takes time to build the right eyes and the right sight. But thank God that God gave me enough wisdom that I didn't just go full blown. Ah, these are, they are all the same now. They are all talking about all these things. You know what I mean? So I had the wisdom to send him the link, and, and, I, and he sent to me. And I believe maybe he looked at it, maybe, but I know he, because of the speed of his response, I knew he probably didn't have listen to everything there. He just told me one thing, that this is the way you can tell. Right? Praise God. Praise the Lord. That this is the core of the message. That anything, any message whose focus is not salvation of the soul. (laughs) Any message whose focus is not the word salvation 
okay. So that is the call. That's the, that's the main thing here. That's the side. Now, think of how long has doctrines of salvation been in the church? For there's no, <laughs> since Jesus left, there's no generation that hasn't had great men who with great insight into who have explained salvation in different ways. What happened when Jesus was on the cross? What happened when he went to hell? What happened? You know what I mean? All the, why did he have to come? There was sin in the world. You know, all kinds of messages about salvation have been taught. Praise the Lord. And, and then when he told me that, I, I said, ah, oh, wow, that's true. And I went to realize, I went, now, went back to that website and began to read everything that I'd, been, I'd read before. And I realized something. So much has been said about angels. So much has been said about heaven. So much has been said about all kinds of things. About Holy Ghost, about, you know, those are elements that also tie, tie and are similar with this word. Teaching through about the heavens, teaching about angels, teaching about the spirit, the way of the spirit, all of those things. Then, but then I, I check the end. Ah! The end is not zeroed in on what are you saying? So, so you see, the, the, the scripture is not somewhere that you just go and you talk about different things. If, you, if anyone who reads the scripture that way, you will be able to put information in people, but you will not be able to raise stature. Because to raise stature in men is specific things that must be delivered in specific places. In, there's actually a pattern. There's difference between playing the way a child will Maybe go to the beach and play with sand. You know, they are playing with sand. You can build a house now, then build a car. You can even build half car, half house. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Amen. A house that is driving a car or something. You know, I get what I'm saying. And it's something makes sense. It's an, when you see it's an image, you can take a picture of it. Wow, what a design. The, the, the picture that the scripture is painting is not an abstract picture. It's not abstract art. Have you heard of, seen abstract art before, right? <laughs> They'll tell you, ah, you want all this auction, eh? Yeah. You hear they're they are bidding for something. 10 million, 10 million going. 11 million, 12 million. Ah. Well, this thing that they are building, this not, what kind of art is this thing? Praise God. <laughs> By the time you look at the thing that they are. Praise God. <laughs> that, you know, when you take an art that, if you look at it this way, turn it upside down, and you look at it, it doesn't change anything. <laughs> In other words, is how you, what eye used to look at it. That's what you see. Maybe if you wake up tomorrow sad and you look at the picture, you see something else. This is abstract art, all those kind of, all those things, eh? That's not what, you know, the way some people handle the scripture, they act like as if that's what God is doing. You know, you can just come and just pick one idea here 
one revelation and just paint it in one way. It's God. I've seen some artists, they don't even paint, they are too, their own is too yeah. painting. Forget about that. They move beyond that. Just take the paint and splash it. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we wasting time? The brush, the brush doesn't need to touch the don't splash it and then and that's five million. <laughs> you know it's like that. And and what they are selling is not the art, it's the name. Such paint and they can just that splash thing that it took him to one minute to do. You can say that's the only painting I'm painting this year. My next painting will be the next two, three years or something. And just because of the scarcity of it, wow, people can pay millions. It is a name thing. God forbid that the gospel be, be become like that. Yeah. That men with big names can just come and teach anything. And then, and saints keeps just swallowing it. Praise God. Sometimes you, what you, we, <laughs> sometimes we, we place, amen. No preacher should, should ever increase only in terms of your stock. Your value, your worth. You should never increase. Your stock must never rise higher than the than the world. The point where you know there's a problem is when a man becomes more in demand than his word, than the word that he's teaching. Real ministers of the gospel, their word travels far because it's not their word. Is a spirit. Is a definite spirit. Is a spirit that conquers. Is a spirit that this is what the word contains, what the word carries. Is a spirit that can go into a dead place and make life appear. Not any kind of word. Not every kind of word can do that. Is a spirit. The word is the word of God is a spirit that can blow a wind that can blow into chaos and order is restored. It is not an abstract thing. It is a definite image. It's a specific image. An image that has been formed, raised, tried, that has been evaluated, that went to heaven. All angels saw it. They gave credence to it. You mean that thing when it said, let all the angels worship the sun. When it bringeth in the first begotten, that bringeth in the first begotten is when it brought in the product of the, of the word. The, the product of the world, when they brought him, God now said, okay, all of you angels, you know I designed all of you, I put things inside you. You, all, you have eyes at your different level. You have senses at your different level. You have judgment at a different level. Now, bring those things and judge this man. And tell me, is he worthy of worship? Is he worthy? Is this stature? Are you, are you seeing the standard? Are you seeing that this is not anyhow thing? that just teach anything you like and all? No. You must be a builder of an image. Because anything that the Bible calls it being tried with fire, 
Because it means that heaven will test any image that men build. Not even, we're even waiting for heaven. Earth will test it. The earth is empowered to test men. To try men. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. You, Jesus. So, God's word is also a developer to develop man according to what a pattern, according to what a specific pattern. Amen. Amen. So we're looking at Lot. Praise God. <clears throat> Before we came to Isaiah to <laughs> speak about the characteristic of the book, and we're just sharing how the eyes, where the eyes of the scripture are hid, right? They are hid in the epistle. So, so, so apostles, say apostle. apostles. Apostles. Apostles are epistle product. You never see, did you ever see the word apostle in the Old Testament? Old and, and new, because the Old Testament, and in, including the law and the prophet, does not produce apostles. Brother, it is a work that is sitting, waiting for apostles to come and open. Praise God. So, what produces apostles is, or what raises apostolic grace, or or raises men, people with eyes. When I say apostle, I'm not just talking about the preacher or the man. Now. By apostolic, I mean if an apostle, who someone by, by an apostolic grace, has takes an eyes. Apostles are not just men who have eyes. They are men who are raised to give it. They are sent to give eyes to people. He's, an apostle is not a teacher or a pastor. Praise God. An evangelist. You see, those are unique. Praise God. The unique operation. Prophets are also similar to apostles. Prophets are also high stature, but prophets are not necessarily mandated. Are not necessarily sent to give it, even though they are seers of it. A prophet is a seer and a liver. He can see and peradventure. When he is seen and living, someone who has been helped can cite his life. And by citing his life, can gain from it. Can come into it. But that is not a, it is not a, a almost like, it's not a broadcast. It is a, it's almost like a, a local operation. And God does that. One of the main reasons for prophets is is the, is the sustenance of the way of God. Make it not die. God, it, for generations, God might be, God might not be in, in a particular generation, God might not yet be interested in pushing out his, that, that way, his ways massively. Because when he looks at the earth, he knows that if I push out my ways right now, it might cause more damage than good. Because those ways of God, they consume men. Right? When the way comes, it's demanding something from you. If the way you don't, if you don't align with what the way is demanding, praise God, 
Amen. Amen. <laughs> the way can override you. So sometimes God holds back his ways. Right? The way he, he kept his meeting with Moses. And Moses was around the children of Israel. You know, Moses, Moses was a prophet. He wasn't an apostle. He was prophetic. So he was a man who was, he was hiding and keeping a secret way that he had around the people. And God kept it with him. Because it wasn't time for God to publish his ways to, to them. It was, his ways are too dangerous for Israel to handle. So sometimes in a generation, when God is saying, okay, it's not time to publish the ways yet. But those ways must not leave the earth. They must not go. There must be men of the ways. And God will raise prophets. Who those ones, they are, they are not too concerned about preaching and all that. Even though most of the time they can preach and they can declare. But primarily, they are men who are able to, who have these eyes, the correct eyes to open the secret and to, to live it out. Praise God. Now, you see what the, what the prophet is carrying an apostle is a prophet. Who is sent? Who is sent with the ways? You know, God sent prophets who were not apostles, right? When God sent a prophet who, without an apostolic mantle, God sends them, sends him to. God is sending him not to necessarily give out his way. He's sending them most of the time to warn people. And to talk about the way that is coming. Someone like John the Baptist, it was the height of the prophetic mantle. Right? They asked him, Who are you, sir? Are you like Isaiah Jeremiah? He said, No, I'm the I'm the voice crying out where in the wilderness. That was wilderness means my in solitude. Wilderness is where you hide away. Where do you where if you want to know where ways are hidden on the earth, go to the wilderness terrains. Find them. You know, men don't like those areas. And when you go to the wilderness, when I say wilderness, I mean wilderness of souls. You you can, in your own independent life, you can be browsing wildernesses on the earth. Wilderness are situations, circumstances. They are wildernesses like like a terrain where they can put a soul. And a soul can run away from it. A soul can stay there. And, and try and explore the wilderness to find what is hidden in the wilderness. So in those wilderness terrains, for souls who are, who are not intimidated by it, who can stay in the wilderness time, here you find life that's hidden. You find ways that are hidden. Wilderness is a, is a, is a, is a hidden... Is a hidden vault, a hidden place, amen, Amen. of diverse kinds of ways where God hides them. Am I making sense to you? Am I I making sense to you? Are you sure? Wesley, do you understand what I mean? What does it mean for you to, what does it mean for your soul to explore the wildernesses? You're at. Tells me that this is it's me. Yeah. Wilderness is like um, where. Thank you, Jesus. 
wilderness are where souls um, are like where souls are kept. Okay. And uh, what it means for a soul to like explore the wilderness of the earth is yeah. in those in those dry places. Yeah. Like John will say, he says that I'm, I am the voice crying yeah. in the wilderness. Yeah. And that means um, in wilderness, wilderness of souls are um, where just as as us human beings, where hardship, let me use the word hardship, or problems, or yes. trials, yeah. or tribulations. Yeah. Um, but the scripture will say, count it all joy when you are yeah. there, because yeah. it's in that place you can find the voice, yes. and the voice carries the word. Yeah. So it's in that place, in all those wilderness areas, yes. you, gain life. you gain life. So if you tend to, or if you, so you said most people don't like that wilderness, because yeah. when they run away from there, yeah. you don't access the life yeah. that is there. Yeah. So what is only in the wilderness yes. places that you find, find life. Find hmm. There are things that God can never put in the common places. Yeah. There are things you will never find in common places. Yeah. Like any soul who abhors or who hates, who is uncomfortable, who shies away from wilderness environments, inwardly, you will that soul will be locked away from secrets. It's in those, you see those kind of, it's also a place of shame. It's a place of shame. It's a place of nakedness. It's a a place of exposure. It's a place without glamour, without all the pomp and and, and all the noise. And all of that yeah. is a is a place of being op- of being exposed to the elements. Yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Is a place without the the without sophisticated clothing yeah. and defense yeah. and covering yeah. is a place of hazard, yeah. where of danger, where you have beasts around. You get what I'm saying? Is a is a place of of where a a, a, a man a man's life is placed in hazard. That is, those are the wilderness terrains of life. In, and it's a necessity. You must pass by the wilderness. Jesus fulfilled that prophecy by the Holy Ghost. He was driven by, come on, man, go into the wilderness. Do you understand that? Because Jesus was a, was, an, uh, was a prophet first. He had to fulfill his prophetic, yeah, prophetic aspect of his life on the earth. You can't say you are a, pro- a, a prophet if you've not been to the wilderness. If you don't know the wilderness. If, you must be acquainted. They spent him there 40 days. Know it. Master it. Be, be conversant with it. The word 40 means, means, means sufficient plus more. That's the meaning of the word 40. Full and more. That's the meaning of 40 years in the wilderness. 40 days in the mountain. 40 days in the wilderness for Jesus. Because 30 is the, is the number of fullness. 
It means that, so it means anything has to do with wilderness. It has to do with, you must be there. When, when you enter wilderness first, you know, you don't, there's way you can enter it, you still like where you're coming from. Yeah. You, you, you think you can just come there quickly, browse, stroke, hey, hey, I need that, that, see that kind of life, that one that, that uh, bishop, this person has. Can you quickly just bring it out? Where is it? Where do you hide it? What, 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 what? They are waiting for you here. The boss that will take you back to where you are coming from is waiting. Why? Because but if, if mercy has targeted you, you see that place you said you want to just pass? No, this is not the situation. <laughs> it's just a temporary situation. The Lord is, is, a, is a temporary trial. It's just this season, you know, we're just moving out. Praise God. Help know how to arrange for, for people. Don't worry. You can't rush it. Must, before the wilderness begins to speak to you, it's watching you, it's checking, are we worn yet? Have you settled? Are you, do, you li- do you like me? Are you happy? Look at the decoration, you know. When you're in your house, you're, when you look up, you look at ceiling, fan, lights, and all of that. When you're in the wilderness, you see stars. Amen. In the, in the afternoon, you see hot sun. <laughs> eh? And then when you, you must get to a point where you can still, that sun and give, what a beautiful, wonderful sun. Is when you've, you've, you've gotten to a point where you can kneel down yeah. and thank God for the way. Yeah. Yeah. When you get to that point, oh my God, you now begin to see that there are hidden things. The light, the hidden way, the pathway, yeah. the terrain, things begin to open yeah. to you. Yeah. Spirit, say spirit. spirit. If you like spirit, like wilderness. Learn how to be okay with discomfort, mm-hmm. with things not being perfect, yeah. with feeling, feeling shame yeah. and feeling unclothed. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. I perceive that's all they need to impart into Abraham. Mm-hmm. Get out of your country, out of your kingdom, out of your... You know, even if you are not... Even if you get out of your country... Let you leave your land. There's a way that your family can still shelter you. Eh? Yeah. They can become <laughs> a covering. Say, no, get out of all of them. Come to a place that I will show you. Those men, they sojourned in the wilderness. Praise the Lord. Are we making sense? So you see, so prophets are prophets are they carry the life. They leave it. And at times, God can, because they leave it and they can, see the, they can see the importance, the priority of heaven concerning that life, God can send them, you are the right person to go and warn all these other people about it. So sometimes they can stroll out of the wilderness, like John did, and go and say, I'm the voice crying out in the wilderness. Make straight. Prepare. 
So a lot of time, prophets are like that. You know, and people tend to not take prophets seriously. Because most times when prophets are speaking prophetically, they're not explaining to you what they are saying. You don't get their revelation, but you, you smell the intensity of what they are talking about. And, and God, and if your heart is okay, that intensity should be enough for you to make you know that <laughs> something is coming like John. Like people who heard John speaking. Praise God. That is, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, repent, repent. If the souls who are okay, when you hear that thing from John, even though you don't know what the kingdom is, but the, the spirit, the attitude with which he is talking about it, which we, that's one thing with the prophets carry. They carry impressions. They carry impressions of what they, are, what they are seeing, that which is not present, but which inwardly they have embodied and they are, they are carrying on the inside. They are pregnant with the reality which is not seen on the outside. And sometimes they can speak from that place. And God uses the prophetic voice to awaken men to get ready. And then when it's time, God will raise the prophet who is an apostle. And they are the ones who are sent to do what? They are not sent to warn people. Right? Apostles are not sent to warn people and all that. Apostles are sent to those who have been made ready. Whose hearts have been prepared. Whose hearts have been what? Prepared. For, that's, why not, that's why apostolic ministry is a certain way. There's a way that apostolic ministry can seem as if it is not it doesn't do enough of outreach. And that's one accusation that the devil raises in the hearts of people against apostolic kind of ministry. You're like, oh, you guys just like your own thing and just, you, just, you feel your own thing is the, is, the, is the truth and all of us should just... <laughs> you're not even interested. Okay, would you even try and reach out, expand it, get more people, do you know what I mean? You know that kind of thing. And if an apostle is not wired that way, He's not wired. You are the one who's thinking like that. The, an apostle has too much burden on him. That if, you, if he's only one that God gave him, ah, God, thank you. This one is enough. The labor it takes. Why? Because he has the mandate to replicate a way. Yeah. Yeah. To replicate what? A way. Build a way. Replicate an image. An image that works. Do you understand me? You know, there, you know when you go to, I've, heard, I've seen stories of, I've watched a documentary of some guy in, in Nigeria who so passionate, he wants to build cars and all that. So he, he goes about, he's got the metal, he, he welds the metal together. When you see the frame, design everything. He's wanting to design a car. Design the frame, design the glass, put, you get what I'm saying? Put the chair, put the awful strip, nice leather, everything. That's all nice and good, but to make it that car that you can enter it, put a key and start it, put the gear and it moves. Is it what it takes to do that? Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? If you if you check how they how they get that thing to work, when you go into the industries of this car industries, what they do, the kind of mind. The kind of people who are there, you know, it's more than just 
beating metal together, putting things together, is that let it work. That's the work of an apostle. It's not just teaching a message. You know, sometimes you can be carried away about the optics of things, you know, the language, how all nice things and all. It's like the body of the car. And, and sometimes God might say that if give me a car that works, it's better for me than a nice car, clean body, nice lights and everything, but it does not work. Do you know who an apostle is? It's an apostle that gives God an image that works. That can raise an image. Meaning that an image that can withstand sin. When it comes down to it, it actually has an answer to iniquity. A life that has an answer to the questions of death. The questions of corruption. The questions of hell. You understand that? Praise the Lord. So I won't just thank God a little for the grace, the apostolic grace, the commitment, the mercy that thank you, Father. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. You know that? Let's get it to work. You know, if it works, you can polish it later. You know, anybody can polish it. It's easier to develop the skill of polishing than the skill of making it work. God is not a, a crazy fellow. You know, he's, not, he's not senseless. God will not be focusing on the outward and the appearance and the look of a thing when the, the, the core, the essence, is not working. Now, this word is not the time yet for that. Maybe cleaning it up. When God is time to maybe publish it to the nations, God can do that. But it's a time of God wants to get the essence, the core. That's why the kind of heart, the labor that it takes to be accurate with the word, to be, to be focused and accurate with the sight which the scripture has given, that's the season we are in. This is the season for fighting for the eyes. Not, don't let, let's not let the eyes come and go. That can happen. We have to wrestle with those eyes. You know those are eyes of the scripture. And we must fight with and wrestle with them. We don't, we're, right now, we're not care, we don't care about looking nice and looking good. We want to capture the thing that works, the answer that works. Do you understand me? We want to capture it and master it and have it and know it and let it become ours. When we, when we can do that upon this earth, ah, if a generation can do that, it's a generation of note. They've done something of note. The best gift you can give in terms of your time spent on this earth, the years, is not your how much you contribute to the field of electromagnetics or the field of medicine. Thank God for those things. Thank God we bless God for them. But can you use your soul as and yield it to God as 
one of the instruments to trap something. Are you getting me? That is uncommon. Something that men don't even know. Something that they need so dearly and so vitally, but they're not even aware. They're not conditioned of having it. Are you willing to take the, the fight the war and the obediences that it will take to trap this life, to have this life, to inherit this life, to own it, to use it, to, to have a record, an image, allow your heart, yield it to the Lord for this image to be formed on the inside of you. Praise God. We don't know what victories are won in the spirit as we yield to change and as we yield to transformation. A lot is being done in the spirit. We are gaining victories over, over our spirits and over spirits that have, been, that have been charged by the devil to develop men incorrectly. Do you know the in science, it's something you, you, you understand, the power of a model. The power of a model is powerful in science. Because if you can build one of a thing, that's it. If you can build one. You know, the first one can take thousands, sorry, hundreds or tens of years to make. Like, let's look at this vaccine, for example. Coronavirus has been ravaging the world. But imagine when the first vaccine came. The amount of time it took, months upon months upon months, investment from governments, from private you know, enterprise, and all kinds of people investing, just trying to get it right. Something that works. That works. They invested and then breakthrough happened. We have a vaccine. Vaccine. They tested it and it works. To get just that first one, it took months. But how long is it to mass produce? Countries are buying millions and millions and millions of doses of them because the model is there. Sometimes we are focusing on let's publish the gospel, let's send, let's reach the lost. It's not that. You don't understand this thing. It's not about God does not. If men are wise enough, are you getting me? It's not about the publishing and all that. It's about have we found, can we say we have mastered the life? The life that is in the word. That life which he said, I came to give. I came that they may have life. Have we mastered the life? Praise God. That's the season that we are in, and that's the time of, of inheritance. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We're talking about the scripture, the eyes, and all that, but we're also touching the message. Right? Because the message is about inheritance. It's about us being ready to do what it takes to receive the amen, the promise of the life which God has promised to us. This is the promise which God has promised us, even what? Even eternal life. Praise the Lord. Now, looking at Lot and Abraham, so as they began to journey, what happened? The terrain began to change, right? 
And I, we're seeing that as the terrain is changing, you are taking up the, the, the taking, what are you taking up a notch? The, the environment that the soul finds itself. And then something begins to, whenever you take life up a notch, natural life up a notch, you awaken a different world of spirits. Certain spirits who never used to speak to a person before. The, you give them a voice. Why? Because the person can now begin to see different possibilities of what they can attain and achieve with their life on the earth. That's what happened to Lot. Abraham was journeying with his servant. Lot was journeying with him, with his servant. But the impact of the land on their souls were different. Now, one of the key things I saw there was in, there was something about their capacity to see that was different. Very interesting place. You know, I've said before that in chapter 12, he said to a place that I will show you, a land that I will show you. Am I correct? Now in chapter 13, you see that when they journeyed to a point, the point where the fight broke out, the disagreement broke out between both camps was, was a point of high visibility. Sight causes strife. For men. Sight causes what? You, are, you can become you can be best friends. In your home, there can be so much harmony until someone begins to see differently. Right? In a home it happens in a home, in terms of group of friends, maybe childhood friends. Correct. Any kind of human community. There is harmony until someone begins to see differently. Because, because sight brings about, different sight brings about change in appetite. When, and when appetite begins to conflict, there's a problem. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are we making sense today? Yes, so, well, sometimes we don't know how to deal with conflict of appetite. And when such strife that comes, strife that arrives from what you are seeing, we don't know sometimes how to deal with it. Now, this place in chapter 13, when, when Abraham and, God, and, and Lot got to a point and the strife broke out, then... Abraham said, 
there's no problem. Let's, we don't need to. We're not fighting. I don't hold a way towards you. Which Abraham actually demonstrated. It was after he went to fight, put his life on the line to fight for, for him, to get him back. So he didn't hold any ill will. When God went to destroy Sodom, he had to intercede for him. Are you getting me? So, so nobody, you don't have to walk with anybody who you disagree with. Your refusal to walk with somebody is not hatred. It's not animosity. It's not anger. A lot of time is high wisdom. That thing called walk is his, walk is a sacred thing. Walk is walk is worship. Walk is not a thing. It's not a thing that you you don't bring emotions when it comes to walking. In terms of how you walk, who you walk with. You don't bring sentiment into it. It's when it comes to your, where your soul walks, there's a demand God places on how you walk in your soul. It's higher than anything on the yeah. earth. There's nothing that you can bring to God as an excuse yeah. for what? For not for falling short yeah. in your walk. God will not take it. You can't bring anything. You can't bring your husband, really, or your wife. It's even, <laughs> are you getting me? Because in, even in, you can say, my husband and my wife is not ideal. I don't know, maybe she's an unbeliever. See, there, there are things. There's a way to walk even with an unbelieving wife. Paul spoke about those, those things there. Are you, are you getting me? So that thing, walking is sacred, sacred right? You can't give God a, oh, my family, yeah, well, they, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. You can't tell God that, why didn't you walk? Uh, you know, where we come from, our, there's a way we do things in our house. <laughs> For the purpose of work, Jesus said, in fact, start practicing now. You have to hate father, you have to hate mother, you have to hate You need to know what he meant by hate. What is it? It's not the person. Yeah. That thing called father yeah. is more than that man. Yeah. In fact, who your father is to you, to many of us, our parents don't even know why they are the way they are towards us. It's a program that's just manifesting through them. <laughs> you get see? Different kind of fathers, different kind of mothers, different kind of... You get Most of the time it's a program. There's a program called father. It's a spiritual software. Called father, called mother, called brother, called sister. Are you getting me? <laughs> and all those things, you must, a soul must have. There are no excuses for work. Yeah. I, I, we just we just with Wesley in the car when we're coming and we're talking about how that test. It was only Levi, that one tribe out of all Israel, one tribe passed that test. And God said, "No problem, because you pass this test, you are able to walk with me." I will, I will commit to you by covenant. Praise God. You, you understand what I'm saying? Of course, you get my point, right? I mean, is there anybody who doesn't get my point here? I'm not saying hate your father. Praise God. Any, if you hate your father or your mother, I'm not the one who said that. That's not, that has nothing to do with me. 
That's nothing to do with me. Praise God. Amen. Are you getting my point? <laughs> work is important. So in work, there's a, there's a law of agreement, of working. It's agreement. Are you getting me? That word agreement is actually covenant. Yes. Walking is a covenant instrument. When, when you, to be walking with somebody, there's, there's a, it's predicated on the notion of a covenant. A covenant means the sharing of life. That's what covenant means. You're sharing life. You're an alignment of life. And it's not an order. Two should not work together if they don't agree. Praise the Lord. So that thing broke out between them. And then Abraham said, okay, no problem. I'm sure wisdom came upon him. And he told him, all right, look anywhere you want to go. You can go. But I will separate. And then, what did Lot do? From that same place where both of them were, the Bible says he lifted his eyes and he looked. Well, I'm sure he looked. What he saw was according to the programming. That's what I want us to see. What he saw was according to what? The programming. And so he looked and then his eye captured Sodom towards the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, do you know, so it means there was something in Lot that was programmed to see Sodom and Gomorrah as land for dwelling. Right? There was something inside him that was programmed to do that. And, and at, that moment, at that point, he was helpless concerning it. There's nothing. Uh, that's, that's the place. It made sense to him. May Sodom not make sense to you. Now, that place is curious to me. Do you know why it's curious to me? Because after Lot found his place, and when he said, okay, let's go, he took all his guys and left. The Bible doesn't say that Abraham then journeyed for another three days. No. From the same place where they were standing, Abraham did not move. From that same place where Lot lifted his eyes and looked and saw and picked Sodom. From that same place, God told Abraham, now lift your own eyes and look. Look everywhere. Look right, left. Look around. That's as far as your eyes can see, have I given unto you as a possession. So, what Abraham's eyes will see and what Lot's eyes could see from the same point were different. Are you getting it? Are you seeing the, this eyes thing? What they, would, they could see. Let's just read that place very quickly. Praise God. Verse 7, and there was a strife. Genesis 13, verse 7. Is, and there was a strife between the headmen of Abraham's cattle 
and the headmen of Lot's cattle, right? And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwell then in the land. And Abraham said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my headmen and thy headsmen, for we be brethren. It's not the whole land, therefore, before thee. Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, I will go to the right. If thou wilt depart to the right, then I will go to the left. Praise God. And then Lord lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, and it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zohar. And then Lord chose him all the plains of Jordan, and Lord journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from another. Are you seeing that? And Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. But the men of Sodom were wicked, what? And the sinners before the Lord. Are you seeing that? <coughs> and the Lord said unto Abraham, after Lot was departed from him, lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward, and southward, and eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy what? Seed forever. Praise God. <coughs> Amen. Amen. Are you seeing that? It's all the land which thou seest, all the land which thou seest, that I will give to thee. So it's according to your sight. Right? According to the eyes must be right. The eyes. What did I say? The, the eyes. eyes. If you wonder what's the reason for all these many, many teachings, many, many teachings, many teachings, many, too much of word. It's for the, so the eyes. So the eyes can be right. You don't know what it takes to reprogram the eyes of a man. For, for some of us, if, if they tell you, look, if we look now, we will still be seeing Sodom. We will still see it as an appealing place. Look at what he saw. Praise God. And Lot lifted up his eyes, verse 10, and beheld all the plain of Jordan, and it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. See, well watered, nice. Well watered and nice and lush and everything was good. Amen. Amen. Now, do you think the land that Abraham saw when he looked was in Lush too? Wasn't good? Do you think it wasn't? It was, it was because it was the promised land. It was still green and lush and all that. I mean, naturally. But it's not about whether it's green and lush. That's not the key here. The problem is that if you don't have a great, better eyes, you will see only that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. The part that Lord didn't see is what they said in verse 13. That the, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly.
that, that we cared and seen as all of this, those men, those tribes around that area were all bad guys. But now, that's Sodom's one. God did not bring down fire from heaven to consume the whole promised land. There was something about those people that was very, very bad. So this, all these things, the Holy Ghost is signifying something with all these things they are saying to you. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And you know, later on in that place, the Lord told Abraham, he said that verse 17, Arise, walk through the land, right? The length of it and in the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Do you see that? He said you have to walk the land, the length of it and the breadth of it. Now we've learned that we know that walking is how you inherit. Right? You agree that to inherit, you must walk. Walking means obedience, your feet. Right, using your feet to take the ground, using your feet to inherit. Praise God. But what we don't, there's a gap between why we don't get to walking is because the attitude of, there are things that precede walking. Right? You know, Abraham had walked and walked, right? And then when it came to the land of inheritance, there's something about the kind of walk that can. It's not any kind of walk that, come, that brings the inheritance. There's a way of walking for inheritance. Praise God. In Hebrews chapter 11, let's see very quickly because of time. I have to wrap up in like five minutes. Praise God. Hebrews 11, verse 13, are you there? It says that these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. Now, this is what Abraham saw. When he said, now lift up your eyes, the reason why he said lift up your eyes is because it's still it's afar. He said, as far as your eyes can see, well, I will give to you. Do you see that? So it is still afar off. That's the, that's the beginning point of seeing. And we saw it last time that when you see anything, this, what God wants you to inherit that's why people should not get easily discouraged when they say that you, you don't understand it's coming. If you are someone who gets discouraged because the message is complex, it means you have no clue about what we are doing. You don't, I mean, is it something that, praise God, is it a story about your village or your family, your grandparents? Why should it, why should it make sense to you the, the first time? Is it your thing? Is it your... <laughs> praise God. Amen. So, so, so because the first sign, when we are talking about inheritance and all of these things, it's first, it's first afar off. Yeah. It's always going to be afar off. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's now, how can you bridge that side that comes initially afar off to a point where you begin to, to walk with it? 
That same thing, John spoke about the same process. He spoke about it in 1 John chapter 1. It's the same process. Part, that, that part of it is being spoken about here. Praise God. Because these men didn't get to the handling part of it. Right? He said that which we have, which from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen, which then which we have looked upon, and then our hands have handled. Now, for your hand to handle, it means you've owned it. That includes the walking phase of it. It is by feet and hands are the same. Are you getting me? You use your hand to, to take movable objects. You use your feet to own a movable object, like the inheritance. It's feet that will, can handle the earth. You must use your feet to own it. Because you can't carry it, it is, but to, to, it's, it's your feet. You must, be, you must be on it to own it. Praise the Lord. You get that? So it's that same process. Now, here they said this all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, right? And were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were and pilgrims on the earth. So you see that embracing them, being persuaded and embracing it. Being persuaded and embracing it. That aspect is what they call looking upon. Looking upon. The process of looking upon. Anything you don't look upon, you won't embrace. You won't, you won't first of all, be persuaded of it. Seeing something afar off can never persuade you of it. You might not even trust your eyes, what you saw. It is by the art of what? Being what? Persuaded, which is looking upon it. Now, looking upon is, the, is a kind of sight too. That's different from the sight of seeing afar off. Looking upon, let me tell you what looking upon is. It is the seeing that occurs actively in, in, the, in walking. Or in overcoming, praise the Lord, or in inheriting. It's a sight to inherit. Look, for you to look upon something, it's not in the distance. It's that, I get what I'm saying, you must be over it. To be over something, it means you are positioned to walk. It's the kind of sight for walking. Looking upon is a sight for walking. It's a kind of sight for walking. A man who is walking for inheritance is looking upon. Does that make sense? Uh, are you sure? Are you sure? This is key. It's a kind of eyes of seeing. <clears throat> that opens up the possibility of inheritance to you. Um, praise God. In, the Lord said that, said that, I think twice, he said it to Moses, then Joshua repeated it towards the, it, 
to, to Israel. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, I think the Lord said to Moses about the children of Israel that were so far the sole of their foot treads upon that they will he give as an inheritance. Then Joshua said the same thing to Israel in the book of Joshua, I think chapter 1, after God told him to get up and go and inherit. And I, and I, and I realized something. Why did they use the word tread? Why not walk? And they are consistent with that word. Wherever the sole of your feet tread upon. Tread is not walking. If you just walk, yeah. you might not inherit. Yeah. Just the fact that you are walking, that there's a revelation song around us, and you are just walking means you are just obeying. Ah, this is what God wants me to do. Okay, let's, that, this seems righteous to do. You feel that in those things are mean you are inheriting. It doesn't mean that you are inheriting. There's no time. I've asked you to check maybe the meaning of tread in the dictionary. It's not just walking. It's walking with a particular side. What does it say? What is the meaning of tread? That's not the only definition. What's that one? To walk in a specified way is to tread. When you say tread carefully, it means that there's a sight with the walking. Anybody who is walking and they're looking up, they, you, are, you are still walking, but you are not treading. When it came to that instruction, the Lord was, the scripture is particular with language. It's, it's where your feet tread upon. Means where you walk specifically with a specific sight that has been given to you. If you can walk, that walk means obedience. If you can do obedience in accordance with this sight, then you will inherit. Praise God. Wherever the sole of your feet treads upon, have I given unto you as an inheritance? So it's not working. It's not that I can go anywhere I walk to. And that thing does not work. People who say that thing doesn't work for them. How many people came to Canada? I have set my feet in this land. This land is given to me. It's not your land. It doesn't belong to you. <laughs> Praise God. That is a, is, a, is a specific language. There is a way of to inherit. It's with a sign. Looking upon guidance, praise. Are we blessed today? Yes, this message is just they want to arm us with a mind concerning the direction we are facing. We are we are moving into the terrain of inheriting things, inheriting life. Praise God! And I pray the Lord will give us the right sense, the right heart, the right attitude that we need to have in this season of inheritance. Let's just begin to bless God, thank Him for His word. Shekriya <laughs> 
Manga Elix Colebri Devas Mashiel do Mascalia Aprastupiren El Praven Ocan Imbregenge Samba Lucalian Tos Ecrestus Acristus Ecrestus Samarone Mehapa Arabas Tiprasturi Halabazuia In Cranzalo Cariela Basturi Halabascodi Embrain that Ecrisaya Labata Luprasti Paralabazu O Renamahalabasimri Halabascuri and Delabascuria Impamama, Hipamama, Impramama, Iskamama, Upramama, Escalibra, Ura Lamasia Incresca Alion Sunta Salion Sherebuskiri Elevazuse In Pamama Huri Kavahuskiri Alabuske In Sa Isa Luta Iska Uske Iske Iska Iska In Fa El Pre Eleka Barakuta Likremisi Pre Elevership Oh Malavasi Halabaskuria Iman Ama Anama Erama Erama Urama Anama Arama Kama Karama Karama Kerimi Kuribisuri Elevuske Rikaba Antakrasas Makarama Karamakalus Kiske Ish Almas Olmen Almon Salmons Esperone in Prasatapa Uria Karabazuski in the Nivanda Uri de Viscoya in Fan Amazon Avanisol Avaneske Emana 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 O Malios Emeriha O Fananoske Thank you Jesus in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, praise God. Um, I just want to just put some words around what I feel the import of this message is, maybe for, if it's not too clear for some hearts. It's it, this, it, that if you have the revelation of Christ and you can be in the season of the revelation of Christ, which many of us, almost all of us are in, and I, what I mean is that even in your inward environment, you are, those revelations are around you. The world is around you. Someone can be in that season, and in that season, still walking. And I mean walking in the terms of doing obediences, but and trying to obey in a sense. But we are going, there's more detail about it that. There is a way the obedience has to be done. And if it's not done that way, you might not inherit. Do you understand? If it's not done that it's not, very, very recently, there has been a lot of emphasis in my heart about God's pattern for things. In the last few weeks, the emphasis for me has been in my own marriage. You know, the things where you feel, ah, I'm, well, I'm a good man, I'm a loving man, I love my wife. You know, that kind of thing. Where, and then you just do things, you feel like, wow, this is the right. But and that's what there's a, there are patterns. God has, has things to say about how you love your wife, how you serve, how you act, how you behave. Even that align with his own revealed way of it. It is in that, in the specific way the secret way of doing it that the world does not the secret attitude around it that must be invited to do it the same thing oh, there's a way that you can do it without the right light because light illuminates your inside and that inward light is what determines whether your work is acceptable 
or not. It's the li what light is producing the work and the obedience. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's because the real reason why you are doing the what God wants you to obey or do something, it's not for it's not just for the thing being done. If it's just anybody can do it, it's not that. It's so that in doing it, you can there is there is an actual spiritual essence that your do, your obedience should connect. There should there's an actual exposure to grace, to 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 to, to spiritual strength and ability to create life on your inside. It's a real thing that your, your soul gets as you are walking in the spirit. And what positions the heart the to, 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 to accept and receive those things is the pattern. The pattern. Are you getting me? That's what makes you not be a copier. There's a way somebody who is around this world and this life can be better than somebody who is in the world, who is not. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's, that it's, the, it's the flow of grace doing that. Yeah. It could be that if it wasn't you, if they brought an unbeliever who is never born again and gave him the privilege of being access, of, being, of watching this kind of conversation, that they might even do better than you by just copying it. The way religious who can copy anything. You get what I'm saying? So it's not, it's not every change, every transformation that is necessarily a product of grace. Do you understand that? Is that if somehow you are finding a way to, to align, but you're not secretly, you know you're not doing it graciously. You're not allowing the, the, the word, the spiritual essence of the word and the light to shine on your inside. And you're not following the spiritual way to achieve it. It's just a matter of time. It will show. And this applies to different things. Like for me recently, my marriage, to me, I feel like if I can, anything I know, that's where God has designed for me to apply it. And, and I'm getting that wisdom more and more. And, and God is helping me to do that. Praise the Lord. And for each season of life, you say, oh, I'm not married. Yeah, <laughs> that's good that you're not married yet. Because you also have your own season. Now, in you, wherever you are, wherever it's around you, your current life to begin to obey and to use the light of God to walk for inheritance. So let us just pray a little more finally that the, that the mercy of God, that the Lord will possess us with the same attitude of the, the patriarchs that they had concerning the, stand, the, the, the standard of God, how God wants it how God desires it to the very depth of our soul that every recess of our heart of our emotion of our will will cooperate with the with the spirit of the Lord that wants to help us to inherit his things Far el efenos, afin and filgos, impromiscal ibreven, osperial, apra hudivesco, shembri island, alman, salmon, tali, paran, duskelia, imprama turiham, parigabo, caliscalabaha. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name. From this moment, one of the wisdom I, I really see here is, you know, if you, if you follow that conversation of Hebrews 11 to the end and enter chapter 12, that's what they now began to say, given you have this cloud of witnesses which are all these men, that let us now begin to lay aside of all these weights and sins that so easily do what we set off. You now realize that all those men, they laid aside their own. They laid aside sin, right? They laid aside weights. You saw Abraham laid aside sin early. God helped him. And that's when, if you read that scripture early on, it said that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. That was imbibing the attitude of faith is the laying aside of sin. You agree with that? Praise the Lord. It was accounted to him for righteousness because he believed God. Amen. Now, but then there's the weight. This other aspect, when he laid Lot aside, was he laying aside of a weight. And they are equally dangerous to inheritance. That is the lesson of that Hebrews chapter 1. Those patriarchs, those men who they say that because of this, God was not ashamed to be called their God. Praise God. So for us, there are also ways that wisdom needs to help us to lay aside things that are hampering our walk. Weight usually come in the form of things that seem legitimate. You can make a legitimate case around as not outrightly wrong. In other words, to discern a way, there has to be great, first of all, sincerity of heart and a great application of wisdom. Right? Weight is more difficult to discern than is than sin. Because someone can be free from sin. Yes, it's possible. Someone can be free from sin. Someone can go into the most holy. And there's no sin there, but there's still something called weights. Weight, because the most holy is a place where they are supposed to put what the weight of what? Of glory. That word, removal of weight, actually. Weight is the last enemy of a man. To be honest with you. Why? Because weight is what is stopping a man from resting is weight. So weight is a high thing in the spirit. So I want us to begin to Lord begin to empower us with the wisdom to deal with all this with legitimate weight, things that are stopping us from inheriting. On Krama Lavazuri de Moskeliha, E Kamama, A Kamama, E Kaleman, E Klaman, A Kalenso, E Christepari on the Bosque, Kebo, Rambo, Lizo, Zisco, Nimpra, Uta, Lilvin, Elfran, Elfran, Elfram, Alavon, Zalta, Palka, Lubret, Ol Kaliba Shai, Shembra Lavahu, Kreherabosia, Kayan Dalamazo. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our Father, we thank you today. We thank you for your words. 
They are not just words. They are loaded with life and power. Thank you because you have decided to bless us this morning in this way. We receive your blessing with thanksgiving. For that we ask that every heart will be helped by your spirit to come into the, the essence of this message. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. Oh, thank you. Thank you because you will be bringing visitation to possess every, every one of us, our hearts with the right attitude towards your inheritance. Thank you, our Lord. This is just the beginning of many things which you ought to say in this season. We ask, O oh Lord, that you will continually be merciful to us. Amen. And let your words, your thoughts, your counsel, your light, and your life continue to flow to us. And may we find grace and mercy to rise to your table, to feast at the level which you desire. Thank you, our God. We give all the glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth.